0: Hello and welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education from net. Episode 16, Teachers and Social Media. Social media. What could possibly go wrong? If you'd asked a teacher at the turn of the millennium if they thought that they would be dealing with a bullying case that was happening outside of school, they'd have laughed at you. For one, how would the bullies get access to the child being bullied? Surely outside of the school playground, there was sanctuary. However, fast forward only a few years later to 2003 with the launches of social media things like MySpace and then Facebook, followed then by 2005's Bebo and then YouTube, social media started entering the worlds of schools as users became younger and younger. Today there's actually social media sites that are attracting huge numbers of very young children. TikTok, Snapchat and Instagram are the leaders at this time of my recording, but probably because I'm old, there's probably ones that I haven't even heard of. In fact, despite not being that old, in my opinion, in terms of social media, I am a complete dinosaur and there are teachers in our system who are currently teaching who don't know a world where their social lives did not have some form of social media involved in it in some way. Now, the Teaching Council has recently issued advice to teachers on their use of social media. And this is where we start our episode this week, and where I'm going to try and argue that if I were the Minister for Education, I would allow teachers to use social media as they see fit. But first, let's look at the landscape of social media as it is about 15 years after it began to infiltrate our lives at this time of the recording it's mid 2019 and for primary school children if you're not on snapchat you are nothing according to the latest research from cyber safety Ireland 47% of 9 to 12 year olds have a snapchat account Instagram and WhatsApp are next with one in three of 9 to 12 year olds having their own accounts However, there are some apps like Whisper and TikTok that are increasingly becoming popular with and other niche apps coming and going along the way. Now, lots of kids have their own YouTube channels and many kind of, mini-gamers, I guess, are, si- uh, are switching to something called Twitch, which uh, is uh, massive um, for gamers as well. Uh, it used to be part of uh, another site that you might have heard of called Justin TV. Um, the mad thing is that while I'm probably way behind, and I'm sure there's some other app out there that's immensely popular with the under-12s, and I just don't know about it, that's the thing. I don't know about it. It's really very worrying. And given that two-thirds of parents these days, and I'm saying this as a teacher rather than as a parent in this case, Um, it's very worrying that two-thirds of parents bought smartphones for their 9 to 13 year old children and over half of those nine-year-olds have social media accounts and one in five of them actually admit to talking to strangers online and a third of children admitted they don't even speak to their parents about web safety at all basically with all that something really has to be done because as a teacher i have no control over any of that parents actually need to take seriously responsibility for all of this and I think it's worth coming back to it in a future episode because this episode isn't really about the under 13s. This episode is about teachers who are actually adults and have responsibility for what they do. With children, there does need to be rules and boundaries because they're too young to take and make mature decisions about what they do online they also are technically not responsible as I said legally for anything illegal they do online however teachers are so why on earth would there be a need for teachers to have anybody trying to control their online activity back in 2012 the Teaching Council were tinkering around around developing professional standards. And the Teaching Council were really doing very little more than collecting an annual fee at that time. Maybe that's a bit harsh, but, you know, that would be the perception, I guess. But little did we know what they had up their sleeves. Anyway, back then, they released a final draft for consultation regarding our professional standards. And there's that word, Consultation, which I'll come back to. I hear that word all the time. I've actually yet to discover any draft document from any educational body that has changed in any way due to having a consultation. And in fact, I think the Minister for Education, there was a Minister of Education, Rory Quinn, he said when he was pressed on the fact that, you know, that he he was seen to be doing all these consultations. Um, th- when he was pressed on this, he said consultation doesn't actually imply that the views that are given in the consultation will actually be acted upon. Um, which I thought was very interesting, very honest, actually. Uh, anyway, at that time I was really, really worried about a particular section in this draft document, and it was section three point three point seven, which states that teachers now listen to this really carefully because this is the this is the this is the full uh, bit of this um, of this uh, draft document. It states teachers should ensure that any communication with pupils or students colleagues parents school management and others is appropriate including communication via electronic media such as email texting and social networking sites now the main keyword in this paragraph for me was the word others i don't know if you picked that up because i really emphasized it because i believed it would mean that anything that we posted online could be used against us in our private lives I also have a problem with other words in this small paragraph. Uh, One is the word appropriate because it's actually a very loose word. Who defines what appropriate actually is? What might actually be appropriate to me might not be appropriate to the teaching council and how am I supposed to know what's appropriate to them and what's appropriate to me? Another problematic word here is a really small word in it and it's the word any, A-N-Y, any. Basically, any communication at all can be used against the teacher. It says it right there um, in the uh, in that actual uh, paragraph. Uh, I'm going to read it again so you can pick up on those words. Um, it states teachers should ensure that any communication any communication that's it it doesn't say at any particular time any communication with pupils or students colleagues parents school manager and others so that anybody else at whatsoever it doesn't have to be any of those listed but anyone else is appropriate and that's again that word appropriate what does appropriate mean including communication blah, blah 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 so basically um Any communication at all can be used against the teacher at any time. And this means that absolutely everything we say at any time is definitely up for scrutiny um, according to this paragraph. For example, I mean, let's take it away from the... take it away from social media or anything like that it just is any communication so this doesn't even mean electronic communication so for example I could be in my local Tesco doing my weekly shopping and I might be having a private conversation with my wife and someone might overhear us saying something that they deem to be inappropriate to teaching technically we're at odds with the professional standards and okay I admit that's a very trite example and a very loose example but let's bring it to something that's totally possible okay one might be in a meeting with a parent okay and let's just imagine this is a parent who maybe let's call them your number one fan you you know the, who i mean the one that requires that extra special attention you know the one where you nearly feel you need a recording device in the room with them because you know that everything and whatever you say is going to be manipulated into something completely different than what you actually say and the per- and the parent and that parent or that number person is going to leave your meeting with a good completely different impression of actually what you said Now we've all been there and it's actually very very distressing but with these new rules this parent can now contact the teaching council to claim that we have been unprofessional or inappropriate towards them and the result is the possibility that despite not doing anything at all we would actually have to prove that we haven't done anything at all so right so basically by what we'd have to do is we wouldn't have done anything inappropriate but we'd actually have to prove that we haven't done anything inappropriate. Um, and then there's all that stress around this and now before I go on I've no problem with anyone making complaints about teachers. I mean teachers make do something that's absolutely incorrect or not right or, or inappropriate. Fair enough they' their complaints are absolutely fine. But the big problem here is with the lack of repercussions of the complainant as well. So if, I mean, I could just hold it again. I might have something against my kid's teacher, so I might just complain away to the teaching council at any opportunity. And I've done repercussions for that. You know, I could say anything. And, you know, Anyway, it might go nowhere, but meanwhile, the teacher I don't like has to go through mounds of paperwork to prove just because I said something is um you know is untrue, whereas I can just go off and make my dinner and have a go about my life, um. So I mean, I do think the lack of repercussions on the uh, for the complainant if their complaint is vexatious needs to be looked at. However, let's move away from the real world to the even more bizarre world of social media, social network, and where everything get out of control very very quickly teachers use social media as much as everybody else i think that's not a completely mad thing to say there are loads of specific groups for teachers you've got the uh, edchat i.e hashtag on twitter Uh, there's the education post forum Uh, And then there's about dozens of groups um, and pages on Facebook. Uh, You've got Voice for Teachers, are probably the biggest one of all. You've got uh, the National Principals Forum, and you've got about half a dozen groups uh, completely uh, dedicated uh, to the lower paid paid teacher movements. Teachers also comment on social media profiles of. The INTO and whenever there's an election for positions in the union and there, or there's a ballot on something the social media on the INTO websites tends to go a little bit crazy um, there's also a couple of hundred teacher bloggers um, Instagrammers and so on that discuss teaching and their own teaching practice um, and any issues around teaching and then of course there are thousands of outlets on social media available that teachers also often use such as online uh, newspapers and journals TV and radio religious groups all that sort of stuff and find Finally, there's teachers own social media personal profiles where teachers share their own lives with their own friends and their own family and all of these fall into the professional standards of section 3.37 and any that's that small word again that any communication that is made is seems to be fair game as i said back in 2012 this really seems to be uh, where we're stepping into this 1984 george orwell territory and it's a and it definitely is a threat to our private lives as teachers. And I need, uh, to, I suppose what I'm going to spend the rest of this podcast doing is trying to prove that we need to be very, very careful here to protect our private lives as much as possible. And let, what I'm going to do is I'm going to try and find some hypothetical situations where Rule 3.37 um, could apply. We'll start with a simple example and it's probably the most cliched example of all and it's probably the biggest the example that if you were to think of yourself, it's going to be that example. It's going to be the biggest fear of any teacher and it's any night, any social night, any time where a teacher goes out socialising and whether that's a school thing or even a personal thing. You can be out with your mates and, you know, but in the back of every teacher's head, I would imagine, is what happens (laughs) if I'm caught, photographed, um with a glass of wine in my hand so let's go with the non-school event anyway hey look do you know what let's let's go for a hen night okay so you are a teacher and you are going on a hen night now i don't have to go into the details but ultimately if things go stereotypically it's quite possible that a photograph is going to be emerging on social media of you the teacher in a less than professional position now i don't mean that That sounds that sounds might maybe a bit too extreme, but I'm I'm what I'm saying is very possible that a a picture or a video might emerge of something that might be inappropriate, and I don't mean anything crazy inappropriate, and I don't mean anything off the wall. Maybe someone might decide that it's inappropriate for a teacher to um, you know, to do what people do on a hen night, I guess, or. Stagnite for whatever reason. Let's 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 uh, not 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 uh, make uh, stagnites be totally uh, (laughs) all innocent. And they might make a complaint. Okay, so a teacher holding a cocktail isn't going to get anyone into trouble. I I get that. Like I don't think uh, in Ireland anyway that if you're holding a glass with uh, of wine or beer or a cocktail, you're going to get into trouble with the teaching council. However, maybe because it's a henite, that straw that they're holding up to their mouth might be shaped like a certain body part you know what i'm saying here and maybe that said teacher might be wearing a costume that night shall we say that might make a bishop blush i don't know and i'm not criticizing i'm just saying maybe and maybe worse that said costume might have slipped down anyway you you get the picture now we have a possible problem possible problem i'm not going to be completely paranoid here i'm not being completely paranoid here i mean you simply google If you just simply Google the following phrase, teacher fired over social media posts, and you're going to see a long list. I'm just going to pick, uh, I I did this just to pick over a few headlines from newspapers and journals from around the world. None of them are from Ireland, but they are from uh, the UK, um, America, and Russia, uh, these these, uh, particular ones. I'm just going to read these six headlines, okay? This is from the New York Times. A teacher is fired over a topless selfie. That's the headline. Two, from ABC News, again America. A teacher was suspended for posting a video of herself pole dancing. Third one, fired for modelling past, racy photos taken 17 years ago, from the Huffington Post. Next one, this is from the UK, Daily Mail, and actually, here we go, I don't think this would happen in Ireland, fair enough. Teacher sacked for posting picture of herself holding glass of wine and mug of beer on Facebook. I just gave that example. Uh, this is from the BBC. Um, now this is away from um, maybe racy kind of things. A school worker was sacked for her view on LGBT teaching. This is in the BBC News. Now this uh, just—I just want to note this. This particular teacher um, has uh, what she calls Christian views, and even though I disagree with her views, it, she was actually fired because of her social media personal social media posts uh, on that very issue. Now I, I, I are we? We're, we're definitely. Um, getting into personal territory here, and finally the one from um, from Russia it was actually reported in Cosmopolitan magazine. A female teacher was fired for immoral conduct over social media photos of her kissing another woman. I mean, all of these six things are people's private lives, and um, and they're and they were all based on social media posts from their individual private profiles or from comments they may have written online, and the examples above may not be from ireland but up until now it'd been impossible to discipline any teacher for any of these i suppose i mean it's using the word very 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 much in in inverted commas crimes uh, above i mean really what business is it of anybody what people what people do in their private lives as long as they're not breaking the law if a teacher wants to take a selfie of herself topless that's none of my business i don't care um what 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 they do fair enough if she um, posted it in her classroom and showed her class a picture of herself topless that's inappropriate professionally but um, where is the line we have to ask ourselves but sure enough let's fast forward seven years on from these draft guidelines and it looks like this is what's happening in ireland on the 14th of april 2019 just a a couple of months ago uh, at the time of this recording the teaching council published guidelines for teachers about appropriate social media usage And there's the other word, guidelines. Now, I used the word consultation um, before. But guidelines is a word that sometimes quietly gets turned into regulations. And it can happen over time. It's probably worth going through the document, which, you've guessed it, is currently up for consultation. So I'm going to read the document. Um, Now, I won't uh, go go into massive details. It's only a couple of pages long. But um, I just want to go through it and comment on it. Um, It's the draft guidelines for registered teachers about the use of social media, and it's from the Teaching Council. So it's in six parts. And it has an introduction. It's aimed at uh, providing guidelines for teachers who use social media and identifying potential dangers, offering guidance about how to avoid them and providing a context for responsible professional use of electronic communication and social media. There's a note for schools the guidelines may also assist schools when developing a school's individual social media policy now that's interesting so basically what the teaching council are saying here is that they're only issuing guidelines but individual school boards and managers could use these guidelines to create policies or regulations and that's and that's very very interesting piece straight away within two sentences they've already basically said you know, we're just putting this out there, and boards of management might take it and make them into policies. That's very sneaky to me. Anyway, it has been approved by the Teaching Council following consultation, so they actually they've done the consultation. I don't remember the consultation, but they've done it. Um oh, they did it with relevant stakeholders. I wonder who they are. Um and uh, basically they've been they're read in conjunction with that section three of the Teaching Council Code of Professional Conduct. So again, all that sort of stuff. Um, there's a bit of an introduction. Um, I'm not going to read that. But basically what they do is they have a little box of uh, with a guide basically saying, before posting anything online, ask yourself. Now, these are actually in fairness to, in fairness to the document. I'm not crit- going to be completely critical of it. It does offer some good ideas. But before posting anything online, ask yourself, might what I'm posting reflect poorly on me, my employer or my profession, which is kind of, um, uh, I suppose, When you're posting anything on social media you should really be asking these questions is this post for personal or professional reasons i think that's a very valid question who will see this post and it gives examples colleagues parents students etc am i confident about the posting if accessed by others colleagues parents students etc would be considered reasonable and appropriate for a professional now that's a, a worrying last question i think because you know when are you when do you cease being a professional um, and you become a, a, a regular citizen and um, I, I just need to uh, it's, a, it's an important question and anyway, it moves on to section 2 it's quite short electronic communication and social media includes software applications so it just defines what these things are and they basically listed a load of social media sites um, as well as SMS um, and messaging platforms such as whatsapp uh, Facebook Messenger snapchat all those kind of things so they're all they're all there um, it goes on to talk about the risks and pitfalls for a registered teachers using social media and says basically the way you use social media in your private life is a matter for your own personal judgment. That's nice. However, and that's the next word, you should still exercise caution in the content you upload to any social media site and consider whether it could compromise public confidence in you as a professional. That's really, 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 I think a bit threatening. Um, and it basically tells you even in your private life so basically it's it starts off by saying whatever you do in your pri- in your private life is your own is your own thing but you know that 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 word you know you you know and it moves on basically what what do you th- what you know you have to consider the possible impact of what your colleagues students or the public perception of your professional before publishing any content on social media sites and you should treat everyone with respect and avoid no it's, okay fair enough this this is I actually agree with this, but it's nothing to. Again, I don't think the teaching council have any involvement in it. You should treat your, You should treat everybody with respect and avoid abusive, unsustainable, or malicious behaviour online. I think I think that could be said for everyone, uh, not just teachers. And you should make sure that your comments are not defamatory or otherwise in breach of the law. I mean, I think that's totally reasonable, but nothing to do with the teaching council um basically what it does say uh, then and i don't understand this because i actually i don't think this is true using social media can blur the boundary between your private and professional life why i don't i don't think it should um you know this it doesn't really make sense um it is therefore important that you're cautious about which social media you use and how and with whom you communicate. You should keep personal and professional use of social media separate and as far as possible, avoid communicating with students through personal social networking sites unless it is agreed within uh, school social media policies. I think that's fair advice not to be communicating with your students on social media in your personal life, but certainly in a professional capacity. I don't think uh, if, it's um if it's appropriate it should be fine so Google Classroom for example while it's not probably considered a social media site it is a social media site because it's where you're communicating with your students but you are communicating as a teacher in a closed environment anyway there's um there gives a, a few points basically on that uh, you should bear in mind the standards expected of you do not change because you're communicating through social media and you should still maintain the professional standards expected in other forms of communication social media communication encourages casual dialogue innocent comments or posts can be misconstrued or manipulated and the perception can be different you can be vulnerable to unintended misuses i mean i i that that sounds cons- that sounds like they're concerned but it also sounds a little threatening um acknowledge- and here's another one acknowledging liking or sharing someone else's post can imply that you endorse or support their point of view that's not true not at all um I, I, can, I can see the uh, validity of that you can be mentioned or identified in inappropriate posts sometimes without your knowledge or consent well there you go that's another uh, issue massive issue um, I, I can't control what other people write about me but apparently that's uh, something I have to uh, be uh, mindful of um, your conduct online does not have to relate to students or teaching in order to have a bearing on your fitness to teach so I, I have to repeat that your conduct online does not have to relate to students or teaching in order for it to have a bearing on your fitness to teach. Wow. That is really breaching um, a line there, I would think. Um, postings online are subject to the same laws of copyright and defamation as written verbal communications. Okay, we're back to normal. Uh, that's fair. And unwise behaviour online may result in criminal or civil action, which is absolutely reasonable, but not from the teaching council. It should be from whoever it is, but anyway, but we'll, we'll, we'll come to that. It moves on to privacy and co- privacy and confidentiality, um, and again, it starts off with how or whether you use social media in your private life is a matter for you to decide. <laughs> you're you're waiting for the but here it is, you should be aware that social media sites cannot guarantee confidentiality whatever privacy settings are used. However, while settings on many platforms allow information to be shared only with a close group of friends or family, this privacy cannot be guaranteed. Well, I mean, that's absolutely fair enough, okay? So, well, I'm waiting for the but still, as are you so here maybe is it here it is therefore important to familiarize yourself with the privacy provisions of any social media site you use and bear in mind the limitations of keeping information private online okay again fair enough so actually to be honest uh there is no but in this kind of stuff until the uh last point which is although individual pieces of information may not breach confidentiality on their own the sum of the published information online can be enough to identify a student or a parent and consequently have potential for reputational damage to you and possibly your school so it actually to be honest i'm going to leave i'm going to let them off at one section there that's fair advice so then it gives uh, in section five minimizing your risk when using social media and here it goes a dear the teaching council code of professional conduct and social media guidelines so we're back to that 3.37 uh, rules so basically anything you put on social media any communication so adhere to it so basically do what you're told or you're in trouble adhere to school policies even outside of school procedures and guidelines in relation to social media use okay so and uh, that's fair enough um i don't know too many schools that have social media uh policies for teachers and um, but i would imagine there are one or two out there Understand that any social media application before using it and be clear about its advantages and disadvantages, fair enough. Conduct yourself online in a way which does not call into question your position as a professional registered teacher. Um, but, you know, that goes back to those examples I was giving that where teachers were fired around there. So, I mean, is it professional for me to take, uh, well, I'm not going to take a topless selfie, but is it, uh, like, how, again, this is someone's private life, and if that's how they conduct themselves, yeah okay it's not a profession it's not professional if you bring that into the workforce but outside of school it's really nobody's business i i'm i i this is where the the this blurring of boundaries has to has to be questioned um you know for example be careful when writing profiles or establishing email addresses i don't know what that so if you have an email address called you know something like sexy sexy person at gmail.com yeah it might not be professional i mean i don't know why anyone would give that as their uh, email address but just um i don't know i don't know um it's it, it, it i i I, li- I don't like that conduct yourself online which does not call into question your position as a professional registered teacher. anyway consider your online persona how others may perceive you so again i'm not too happy about that one Um if i want a, if i like a picture of myself and i m- just might be uh, holding a glass of wine while i'm in in that picture um Some people may perceive that as totally inappropriate for a teacher and make a complaint and the teaching council, because I don't know what their standards are, uh, because they don't tell you what's appropriate, they might not consider that appropriate and I could be in trouble. Um, Consider who and what you associate with online. So if I like a particular, so let's say I'm keeping an eye on something that I'm not particularly happy with and I like their page. Now, I, I, I tend to avoid um, pages where I don't uh, I wouldn't be want to be associated. But let's say just for example, some right wing um, agency uh, I need to ke- I I feel I need to keep an eye on uh, is out there, and I like their page. That could be misconstrued as me supporting um, their 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 um, hate speech, and then I could be in big trouble there for uh, according to this even if my intention is not for that now I, i'm probably the last person that will be liking uh, a right-wing hate hate speech uh, gang of uh, gang of people but i know there's teachers out there that do follow um these kind of places i mean like teaching um is a very conservative profession and there's lots of teachers out there um and we we, we will probably talk about this in in future episodes that do support right-wing views and um you know i mean i I won't obviously i'm not going to mention any names on this podcast but it won't be very hard to find um teachers online who do support uh right-wing ideology um particularly around immigration um and and stuff like that um and multiculturalism but um anyway i'll carry on never exchange private phone numbers personal email addresses or photographs of a personal nature with students well duh i mean i guess i I suppose it's like the first thing i've seen over here that actually makes makes sense, never accept or initiate Facebook friend requests or other such invites with current students. Discretion should be used when dealing with friend requests from former students or parents or of students. So I like fair I mean, fine, don't make friends with your students. I mean that's that makes a lot of sense, but um, what if you are friends with one of your students? I mean, as a primary school teacher, obviously that's not going to happen. I mean that, that would be weird, but like thinking of third level, I mean. I don't know. I mean, they have to follow these guidelines, I think, as well. Um, Or if um, you could be friends with your student. I I mean, I, I actually know of a couple of examples. Of, uh, of of friends of mine who are friends who 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 are friends of their who are friends who become students of theirs, I I think that's very that's very dodgy territory. But then discretion being used being making friend requests from former students or parents of parents of students. If I'm friends with some of the parents of my students, I'm friends with parents of my students. That's really nothing to do with the teaching council. Anyway, review your privacy assessment on a regular basis to minimize risk. That's again second piece of good advice. Consider your settings on social media sites. You may wish to prohibit others from tagging you in any photographs or update uh, without your permission. I like that. You may wish. Uh, that, That could very quickly change to you will or you must prohibit others. Anyway, but just be very careful that those words don't change. Be aware of photographs published online which include you and where they may be posted. You see, this again, it's crossing a line. This is crossing a line. This is your private life. If someone photographs you when you're at a wedding or you're out in a nightclub, you can't be responsible for it i mean that's you know you have to have your private life um, and do not discuss students parents or colleagues online or criticize your employer online sorry sorry don't criticize your employer online um well it, we'd have to define who our employer is um well, I mean, according to the Department of Education, it's our board of management. Okay, I'm not going to criticise my board of management online um, because, you know, uh, that's that's obviously inappropriate. But the Department of Education technically could be considered our employer um, because they pay us. And I don't know. I I think that's crossing. I think if there's something to criticise about a government department, I think it's okay to do that. It depends how you criticise. I mean, as long as you're not being, um, you know, as long as you're not being personal i guess you know then then you know fair enough i think it's okay to to uh to to do things like that i mean gosh um i don't know what i'd do if i wasn't able to do that but um aside from that i I think it's it's I, i i do not discuss students parents or colleagues online i think that's fair enough but then again i don't know what if you're friends with parents or colleagues and you're you're in a private capacity i don't think the teaching council really have any role to uh, roll there it it just seems to be crossing a line again and then protect yourself by always logging out of any social media site you're using at the end of a session absolutely yeah three bits of good advice there which don't cross the line uh the final bit there is awareness be aware that others may try and view your online social media profiles or even just google your name uh for example potential employers students and parents that's just that's just generally good advice and that happens um I mean, it's not right, but it happens. Um, appreciate that students may become p- curious about you and search the internet for your personal information. That's true too, but nothing to do with it. You, you, you should, you know, that should have nothing to do with your bearings of being a member of the teaching council. Um, manage uh, your privacy settings, uh, especially in relation to photos. Yep, that's fair enough. Use strong passwords and change them regularly. Yep, never change passwords. Yep, very good advice. Protect your mobile phone, lap, laptop, or tablet. Know where they are and who has access to them. Absolutely good advice. And bring any social media concerns to the attention of your employer or union as soon as you become aware. I think that's good advice. If someone's going to get uh get you or try and get you uh for something that you've posted online, uh definitely get in touch with your union, you know, particularly if it's in your private life. Really they should have nothing to do with it. So that's really the guidelines. I I I hope it's useful to have a look through those and uh, hopefully my comments on them might be uh might be worth thinking about. I don't know. Anyway, um as I said it all's even reading through it there it does seem fairly innocent and in fairness i do know that uh, the current intention for these guidelines is not to control teachers online activities and also in fairness the advice that's given, in most cases, is reasonably sound. And to be honest as well, I've actually no problem with the teaching council dealing with any appropriate, be- inappropriate behaviours relating to my job, even in terms of social media. For example, if I wrote a big, big, long rant uh, on my school's social media feed that was entirely inappropriate, then i totally understand if the teaching council got involved there. However, outside of my job, whatever I do is none of the teaching council's business. And not that I would, but if I decided to... to troll a celebrity on twitter or something that's my own business and i might expect the backlash to come from that celebrity solicitor not the teaching council now we need to keep an eye and I, I'm, I'm moving on a little bit uh, here is because i think we do need to keep an eye on the teaching council when it comes to guidelines and we have to be vigilant that they don't all of a sudden become regulations right now they're guidelines and it's very interesting in it uh, and i thought within two sentences it's kind of kind of went that way that they said that the document is an identified a, 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 a providing guidelines for teachers who use social media, okay? But the note for schools straight away is the guidelines might assist schools when developing an individual social media policy. So basically what they're saying is you can use these guidelines to create policies. You know, when does that become blurred and then all of a sudden these become, this becomes a policy, a social media policy, in order to be a teaching council member. Now we've seen, you see, the thing is they have game here we've seen how little by little things seem to just become part of our jobs thanks to regulate, thanks to these kind of uh, things from the teaching council. I mean, the biggest example, of course, is DRIHID, um, which is, little by little, it gradually became part of our jobs because when it first surfaced, this is back, I think it was 2010, 2011, I remember being there at the time. It was the IPPN conference. And Harold Hislop, who, the chief inspector, stood up on the... um. On the stage, or and basically said um, to principals. Soon, the inspectors are basically going to no longer do the dip, and principals, you're going to do it instead. It was like a pantomime villain thing because everybody in the room went, "What? Oh no, we won't!" And he went, "Oh yes, you will." And he actually said that. Um, and I, I, I'm that, that basically. Little did I think at that time, even then, that this is exactly what was looking like it was going to happen. And it it seemed to be going that way, little by little. I remember. For example, the, the, then the teaching council held these little information sessions, consultations. There's that word again. And I went along to them thinking, okay, okay, I want to find out what this is all about. And hearing, oh, no, it's nothing, you know, it won't be anything bad. It'll be okay. It'll be fine. And everyone going, hmm, I don't think so. This doesn't sound good. It doesn't sound fine at all. Okay, okay, we'll come down. How about you come bring invite us over for an information session to your um, to your colleagues in your county? So I was... um. And still I'm very happy. Uh, I was in charge of uh, CPD for um, my IPPN local network. So I invited all principals uh, to an information session from the teaching council um, about uh, this proposed um, idea. It was called CEP at the time, C-E-P-P, uh, th- uh, I think it's the acronym which became Drahuid. And basically some guy came down. I can actually remember it was, it's not the current, uh, It's not. it wasn't Thomas O'Rourke now, it was uh, his predecessor, came down and basically... Um, it was interesting, uh, really, because I i, I suppose I was, I'd only really just uh, joined. Um, I was only new, really, in the job as a, as, a, as a principal, so I didn't really know. And it was one of the first CPT events I organised. Um, But the room was jammed. Um, in fact, it was probably the only time I've organised anything uh, for my local group where the INTO kind of staunch INTO you know the ones with the big beards uh, came to an IPPN event they're, they're, I mean at that time there was a bit of a, a thing between IPPN and INTO where INTO didn't really support IPPN events uh, Um, and uh, uh, but um, they all came along and it was very interesting Um, they were roaring after they were sitting in the first couple of rows roaring at the speaker and shouting never never ever never this will never happen and basically, a few years later, even, you know, even though 90%, the INTO did a ballot then of, of, of teachers, 90% of teachers still were firmly against what had become DRIHID. They, again, little by little, they were kind of doing little pilots, paying 1,000 a, a euro to schools who would take it on, paying another 500 euro here and there if they had little professional groups, basically tweaking little things along. Even, though 90%, even then, 90% of teachers were still against Druid, and the INTO orchestrated, basically orchestrated, a special congress. Where they invited their friends, and I'm 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 absolutely convinced of this for a bit of a get together to get DRIHID over the line. And despite all the denials that this is actually true, it is totally true. I know it's true at this special event. And funnily, uh, at the, at the, at the it, it was passed basically. Um, you know, somehow it it, got, it went from 90% of teachers totally against it to over 50% of the, of that special congress being pro uh, drihid and. Funnily enough, again, there was a special event celebrating 150 years of the INCO where they had these live streamed videos. One of the events was about the teaching council's role and John Carr uh, was on the panel and he congratulated, he congratulated the INCO on getting Drihid over the line. I mean, I don't know. Anyway, now Drihid is in. It's there so i 'm going to have a full episode obviously dedicated to how we were left, how this happened, and how we were left with rigid in the fu- uh, and i 'll do that in the future. but if nothing else, just listening to this little little thing there. The lesson that i 've learned about anything involving the teaching council is that we have to be extremely careful about them of them uh, They are regulators uh, and they and effectively, when you are being regulated by anybody you have to be very, very careful as a member of that body just in case uh, something like Drihid happens again and social media guidelines become social media regulations. I mean, it's not just me. Um, even the Irish Times, when they read the Teaching Council guidelines, they saw them as a threat. Um, their headline was Teachers may face fitness-to-practice complaints over social media use. That was a headline. Uh, and the subheadline of the draft guidelines guidelines ref- uh, require teachers not to make Facebook friends with students I mean that's that's what they picked out of that document that I read and um, I'm not going to read the full document but you can find it there uh, in the Irish Times if you Google um, teachers may face fitness to practice complaints over social media use Irish Times and um, it'll it'll be there at the end of the day basically there's a balance between a teacher's public life and their private life and it's a very dangerous territory that our regulator gets involved in the latter our private lives by all means the teaching council needs to ensure that professional standards are kept up but i'd argue that this needs to be consistent across the board and i would definitely question that right now whether the teaching council are ensuring professional standards are way up i I may go into that in a different in a different episode. The risk of poor social media use is certainly an issue, but it's a very very small issue. But in the overall scheme of things, it's very very unlikely that in our professional capacity, a teacher would do something as silly as something that would put themselves um, under the spotlight um, for for teaching council, I suppose, um, membership. However, as teachers. We have to be vigilant to protect our private lives and defend the fact that we are allowed to have private lives and even if we spend those private lives whatever uh, doing anything we want to do whether that is pole dancing holding a glass of wine falling out of a nightclub or kissing whoever we want that should have absolutely nothing to do with our rights to remain teachers. On next week's show um, we're going to stick with the Teaching Council, but the focus actually isn't going to really be on them. The Teaching Council is made up of several union representatives which make decisions on our teaching conditions. Now, the union, therefore, becomes in a way both a decision maker or a regulator and also as a gatekeeper of the Teaching Council. So next time, I'll be arguing that if I were the Minister for Education, I would be removing the union from the Teaching Council. I hope you enjoyed this episode and be sure to tune in every Wednesday morning just in time for your midweek slump. It's almost sure to get your blood boiling whether you agree with my opinions or not. Uh, This podcast can be found on iTunes, Spotify and any other podcasting app by searching for either onshaw.net or if I were the Minister for Education. I'd really, really appreciate you subscribing to this podcast so every new episode will be available to you immediately after its release. Please also feel free to review the podcast so others can find it more easily. And please feel free to comment on any of our own social media um, sites. Uh, Keep it appropriate just in case. Anyway, thanks a million for listening uh, this week and we'll see you again next week. Thanks a million. Bye bye.